Welcome to New Type Flash. This is a podcast where every other week we come to you with Gundam Universal Century in a more or less chronological manner. This week we are coming to you with 0083, episodes 6 and 7, and the Manga Rebellion, volume 7. Kinda. Kinda. Mm-hmm. Um, we have Scotty. Yeah, they threw us a pretty good bone on that Gundam Battle mobile game this week. I shouldn't say threw us a bone because you still got to use your chips, but like the Double uh, O Quanta is your 600% event bonus, and it is a limited thing that won't just be in the pool afterwards. But because there are so many different sword parts, there's like five different swords for it. You have it's uh, roughly like a seventeen percent chance on the multi pull to to get something for it, so it helped the bonus a lot. It's pretty easy to get multiple uh, different pieces for it, so that was neat. I got the big ass sword, and we have Luke. Hello, I am not playing anymore. They are not, <laughs> not either. <laughs> and by the time this airs, that that promo will be long gone. Your window for for double O Quanta time will be very very gone. <laughs> I you know I liked the game but it just it it got too circular for me. I suspect by the time that you're listening to this I'll be playing Final Fantasy 7 and will not have recorded an episode in about 2 weeks. Ooh, mm-hmm. uh, we might be getting close to that time with this one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Very are you getting it, are you getting it Scotty? I'm sure I will but um, I'm not I'm not super hyped for it. Oh, Scotty I know you are. Well, hey, I will. I will be very happy to buy it and enjoy the hell out of it. I pre-ordered I the Cactuar version. I think. Look at that! Look at that Cactuar right there. So nice. For for those of you who are listening to this, which is everybody but the people on the podcast, Luke just showed us he has a Cactuar tattoo on his arm. But we're not. Oh, you said arm. Darn it. <laughs> We're not going to tell you where. <laughs> you know, I'm just, I'm going to wait for the day when I'm walking along and someone's like, oh, you're on that podcast. I recognize your tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were, we were on the, the, the other podcast that we did for a while. And like, we met that one random dude at a bar who was like, oh, I listen to you guys' podcast. And we're like, oh. To be fair, I think that was at a conference, though. It was at a conference. It was related, but it was also still, like, kind of random. Yeah. That happens to me at Transformers conventions some of the time. Fun fact, <laughs> I, uh, I met a guy about two weeks ago who I, I invited to be on that other podcast seven years ago. And then I never actually had him. We never actually had him on the podcast, and he remembered. <laughs> and I don't even come on here. Does he watch Gundam? I don't know. Maybe seems like the type. We we should ask him. We'll just have him on. Let him talk oh. with us. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I can't invite him on another podcast. Not have him on. <laughs> hey, we'll have him on. Um, all right. So, episode six of of the anime. So, we're, w- way we're going to cover this one is we're going to cover the anime and then talk about the the difference in the manga because there's there's a lot of differences. Are we so. going to cover six and seven and then? The manga? Yeah. Okay. I think that makes the most sense. Yeah. So um, episode six, we are above the moon. Um, GP, GP1 is uh, totaled and 
even though at the end of episode five, Cole looked like he was pretty wrecked. Um, he looks healthy as a fit as a fiddle uh, at this point in the anime. Um, and Captain Snaps at the in the meantime finds out that uh, well, you only get two ships that are going to get blown up when I send them to support you. That's all you get, nothing else. So uh, Snaps is going to have to deal with the Delaz fleet on his own. Um, yeah, and the the important part here is that the Federation is not at all taking Delaz seriously. Right. Yeah. It's only Admiral Cohen that is taking the laws seriously, but it's, they've intimated at a few different points. They've kind of like hinted, you know, that Cohen is kind of on his own. Like he, he basically runs his section of the Federation and um, his section is running out of either resources or influence or all of the above and more influence, good political goodwill, pull like Cowan there's a, a subtext that is never I think explicitly stated at any point but it feels to me like Cowan is like the Gundam development project maybe some desperate act on his part because as we see at the end of the show and then in Tessita there are other forces in the Federation with other interests that right. are working against him but you don't really know that at the time yeah so the uh they land at Von Braun, um, and we find out that Nina has a lot of hot friends at Von Braun. Like, oh, by the way, Von Brau? Von Brau? Von Braun. Von Braun, yeah. That's what the dub calls it, Von Braun. So I, I told you guys in probably two episodes ago that I was going to start listening to the dub eventually. That's going to happen with disc two. <laughs> so disc one is, is all sub for me. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll hey, jump over to the. Hey Lane. Yeah. I don't believe you. It's going to happen. I won't, I won't do it. I won't, I won't betray your trust in me. <laughs> I mean, that wouldn't, I, I don't believe you to begin with. So there's nothing to betray. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to try it because I, <laughs> I, I, I've been doing this thing where like I bounce back and forth, like one show I'll watch all of the sub and other ones I'll watch all of the dub. Uh, so this one, I'm going to try to like mix it up a little bit and experience the terribleness of, of both. Um. <laughs> I think, I think the voice actors themselves are not bad in this. The direction is suspect. Yeah. Like they say Von Brown because someone must have told them it was pronounced Von Brown because it's the narrator. It's the characters. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they are told to repair unit one in two days. Um, and I mean, the way and the animation for it was that and write an entire report on all the data. Yeah. And in unit one looks pretty jacked up. I mean, it's like missing parts of arms and legs and part of its head and everything like that. Uh, that that would normally like for something that they probably spent months building, they've got to fix it and get it in tip top shape and space ready in two days. Okay, yeah, I believe that'll happen. What they need is a montage. <laughs> oh, we get one with the Gundam. Yeah, so we actually get to see a lot of Von Braun and Von. Brown. God damn it. 
we get to see a lot of uh, Von Braun. And it's, it's kind of interesting because they show a map at a few different portions in the show. So Von Braun is basically, it looks like it's got two sections. So it's got like uh, an above ground section. And then it's got like this tiered um, underground section. So like you've got like a shelf that goes off to the right and then you go down a little bit and the shelf that goes off to the left. And then you go down a little bit and the shelf that, go, you know, like it keeps rep repeating that for like four or five layers, I think. Yeah. Look, it's the moon. When you have your city and you need to make it bigger, you build down, not up. Yeah. You're on the moon. But There's it's no air if you build up. But it has yeah. skyscrapers. Well, you build down so that you can build up again because <laughs> that's still efficient. But where do they where I didn't see the um, the the river level with the whales on the map. That, oh wait, that's never mind. Um, that's that future Gundam programming. But I did I, I did like the views that they gave us of the city. It's kind of like cyberpunk like in in a way in a lot of ways in some of the the views. It's, it's got a very uh, '90s uh, anime feel to the city. It, it's kind of so '90s anime, but also like not quite Akira or um, yeah, I'm gonna say not quite Akira, but almost there with like yeah. the, just like yeah. the design. It's it. There's so much detail. This is bubble era, baby. Yeah, we're yeah. Um. Yeah, so we kind of get some views of different bars and stuff like that. We see a lot of the, so like they're on shore leave at this point, and we see a lot of the uh, the pilots at a bar basically um, using their uh, war stories to get surrounded by some, some hot ladies. Um, and Ko is at the bar, and he's super angsty. And Mancha is making fun of him. Um, so he gets mad and leaves and gets his ass kicked in the street. Yes, yes, that's exactly what he is. It, it, he's like, he like emo rages out and is like running, knocking over like yeah. trash cans and stuff like that, like falling in front of like a couple that was like making out, and they're like, "What the fuck's wrong with this guy?" It's it's the part. Uh, it's the part where he like dances his rage away in the warehouse and footloose that like <laughs> you know with a robot yeah I, I had a note that says he needs to get laid to reduce his rage uh <laughs> yeah so the the context here though is that delaz's speech is on like, has been broadcast and it's on the news and there are a lot of either zeon remnants or sympathizers that are seeing this and you know there's a lot obviously a strong presence of them there being on the moon, seeing how Zeon was in control of the moon for the war. And uh, so, you know, they see a guy in a Federation uniform. Yeah. Stumbling one, around drunk. And one thing I forgot to mention that I actually, it was, it was a pretty like cool scene to read in the manga um, in the last episode that we didn't mention is while Delaz is giving his speech, like you, you, you see this guy come in to this like break room or something like that, where it looks like maybe a bunch of construction workers or something on the moon are watching the talk. And th it's like this guy's management. And he's like, you guys turn that crap off. And like this dude just turns around and shoots him in the head. Like, <laughs> yeah, that is at the very start of volume seven. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah. So, yeah. 
It's it's all related though. So. But that is, but that syncs up with the end of episode six, right? Kind of, sort of. That particular piece of it does. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, Co picks a fight with three guys, um, because he basically like runs into them and they're like, oh, oh, let's kick this guy's ass. So they kick his ass. Um, and they take him. Want to do. <laughs> and they take his uh, uh, mobile suit pilot wings and um, tell him that the Delaz fleet's going to eat him alive. And like they throw his wings off to the side. Hey, question: Does anyone else think it's weird that you have wings for a for a mobile suit? Should have been like arms or something. <laughs> no, because this show is Top Gun. Luke doesn't have any response to that. <laughs> I was nodding. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so... Uh, and then we see some dude picking uh, his wings up as Ko is passing out. Um, the next scene... I had, we, a moment, I had a moment of, was that Slegger? <laughs> actually, my, my next note is um, we go back to uh, Origin and Char is working in a junkyard. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, he he went back and hid in the same place. What, what's going on? <laughs> it it just reminded me, like, I, it's probably not even referential at all, but it it just I was like, oh, that's that's Char, like helping what build Jabro was that he was building at one point. Maybe yeah. this is the real Char, and you know, um, um, what's it? Quattro is just the first clone that we see. It's true. It's true. Yeah. This is the real dark history. <laughs> no, that would be the real wrong history. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So Cole gets taken to uh, a junkyard where this guy, this armless wonder, uh, who we learned name is um, Kelly, is is working on being a junkyard collector. Uh, we learn out what he's doing shortly, but that's it for right now. Um, and then we see Seema. Uh, very briefly on the moon meeting one of the Anaheim directors. Um, and she's basically chastising them for working with uh, with the Albion and threatens to drop a colony on, on the moon. Yeah. We'll just have to drop another colony. Yeah. We, we know, we know what's happening here. Um, I mean, if you've seen the show in advance, you know what's happening here. But if this is your first view through and you find some of their phrasing and facial expressions strange, stay tuned. <laughs> um, yeah. So we go back to the junkyard and Kelly is making a mobile armor. So Cole basically is like, all right, I'm going to leave this place. And then he's like, oh, it's a fucking Xeon mobile armor. And, and then so Ke Kelly's, Kelly's like, fuck you and punches him yeah he's like it's none of your business and um, like my reaction is like all right if it's none of his business why did you bring a federation pilot to your junkyard where you're working on a mobile armor right <laughs> um yeah um so ko in all of his wonder begins working on the mobile armor uh, in return for letting him stay at the junkyard. Cause he's so like emo angsty and he wants to not leave 
for now because uh, I think his question his his status as a as the the Gundam pilot is in question. Yeah, in the anime, in the manga, it's not in question, but in the anime, it's definitely in question. Um, the the guy asked him uh, if he deserted, and he's like, I didn't even realize it deserted. He was gone for like a day on on shore leave. Yeah, 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 and. Um, Yeah, my comment is Ko is going to help him fix the mo mobile armor, and then you know, with periods between each word, nothing can be wrong with this plan. Or no, especially not when Kelly's wife is like, "Please don't do this." Yeah, and crying every five seconds. Yeah, well, and he's I like, let my husband die. He's like, "Well, I'm on shore leave though, so gotta have something to do i couldn't work on my gundam that has to be fixed in two days <laughs> yeah yeah so this is the latura and she's just gonna go and rat him out to the authorities at this point so she goes and finds like a payphone like a moon payphone yep yeah, she, she, yeah my, my note here is his wife doesn't want Ko to fix the mobile armor for obvious reasons. <laughs> it's going to get used. Um, and there's like there's no need to foreshadow anything because it's there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, she turns um, Kelly in. And way, um, his name is Kelly Lazner, and I feel like it could have it could have been laser <laughs> well the laser took his arm off yeah kelly laser i don't know anyway yeah so um so kelly meets up with sema um and she looks at the mobile armor and basically that the, they're talking more about operation stardust and like there is a plan for this mobile armor um if it's completed in time to be used for operate Operation Stardust. Um, yeah. And he mentions he's modifying it to be used with one hand. Yep. 90% um, as effective. Yep. That's right. And Ko's overhearing all this, and he's real shook. So. You're a Xeon? Yeah. <laughs> Shocking, right? Well, no, he already knew that. Uh, he, he learns that when, when uh, you know, Latura is kind of crying, like that he used to be a Xeon pilot. But, um, you know, the fact that he's going to actively help, like this is when he learns about this. So he, um, Ko goes to like, you know, confront him about it, but then Kelly is still able to kick his ass with one arm. Yeah, he, he beats the shit out of him. And then Ko runs into Nina on the road randomly. She's like, ah, yeah, somebody said you yeah. might be down here. Yeah, and then, but then when she's like, we should just go back to the Albion, he's like, no, I have to go help this guy. I have to go help the enemy build his mobile armor that I will definitely never have to fight. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so... Friendship. Co promises that he'll come back, because, but he's got, he's got to do what a man's got to do. Which is have a um, really super gay mobile armor repair montage with romantic music yeah it's like it's like it's like sexy 80s sex like well, montage music my notes i wrote really super gay and underlined it <laughs> i i wrote romantic music plays while they talk about being pilots 
Koa's really a dipshit. Mobile armor repair montage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So if you watched the repair montage in 0080 and thought, this is a little too much man boy love. <laughs> you just needed two men. Then this is the repair montage for you. Well, this is three years later. So they're a little bit older. (laughs) (laughs) This is the, again, this is the alternate history history. This is, this is Bernie just a few years older. It's Al and his hamburger. (laughs) It it just, they just moved his brains to his arm. That's all that happened. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, Cole Kelly t- throws him his rank badge. Yeah, yeah, he gets his wings back, and uh, he takes off in his his repaired unit. At the, that's the end of episode six. He gets back yeah. into his uh, his Gundam and takes off. Yeah, but I mean, you, you get full on, uh, not well. You might get full on erect before this, but you get a full blown. Like key animation, high budget sequence of, all right, I'm in the cockpit, I'm activating it. Look at its new thruster nipples, like, uh, you know, <laughs> cheesy music playing in the background, takes yeah. off over the moon. I don't know what else to call them other than thruster nipples. That's what's on the GPO 1FB. Anyway, uh, <laughs> like, it's a actually very nicely animated scene here. Um, for this launch so gotta at least give it that and jokes hey this show this show likes to show nipples it's we, we get i think we get it this episode episode seven right there, there are yeah wow. um you get to see uh man i forgot her name again the mora, the, mora. you get to see yeah, her. you get one like side nipple that's like flesh colored it's not oh. even nipple colored <laughs> But they like go out like it's it's weird when they when they do this in Gundam because it's like it's not like they're trying to be like overtly sexual, but they're trying to be like, here's a nipple, you preteen boy. This, this, this is war. We have to be realistic. Well, it, it, you know, I've been I've been on the side very slowly watching Cross Ange, which was a lot. It's a Sunrise Mecca show, and it was done by a lot of the same producers as Gundam Seed. Anyway, that is uh, um, it's not an etchy show but there are times you wouldn't know it. Uh, but no one has nipples at all. It is clearly like, it, it is not suggestive. It is scenes of a sexual nature and a lot of nudity and, and nobody got nipples. And no actual nipples. None. That's so weird. Strange. What happened? Uh, episode seven. Episode seven. Cole is flying his unit on the surface of the moon. Nina is like, look, now this scene, so Nina is all, I love how Ko handles the Gundam. That's such unrealistic expectations for men to impress women. For one, I'm not on the moon. And for two, I don't have a Gundam to pilot on the moon. (laughs) On said moon. Yeah, I mean, she seems to be really happy that Gundam, that Ko is piloting the Gundam, and the Gundam isn't completely destroyed. Yeah, like, we fixed the Gundam, and I fixed my love for Co. <laughs> yep, she's on the whatever personality disorder she has. She's she on the on. the happy 
Yeah. I'm going to go be flirty. Xanax. And we find that Keith is now getting laid. I got to be honest with you. I kind of got the hint of that beforehand. And I say this from the perspective of the first time I watched this and didn't already know that. I feel like you knew it was eventually going to happen. Uh, I think they were like hinting at it. I mean, I kind of like, it was. It was almost like I don't know. I, I feel like the first time Mora hit on Keith, it was kind of meant to be like, "No, you're going to get this this tall Amazon chick that is like intimidating to yeah, sure overtly sexual." And it turns out that like at first he was scared, but now he's into it. It only took him like two beers. Okay. Yeah. Let's be real. He's probably just like, all right, okay. But he seems. It seems that now he's now that he's gotten his his bang on. He's like relatively normal. Like his 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 uh, attitude seems to have like mellowed out a lot. He's like, yeah. Why don't why don't why don't you uh, go get some some poontang Cole? Well, relieving pressure is healthy. Anyway, um, so Latura, yeah, <laughs> she's trying to talk Kelly out of fighting, and yeah. he's like, nah. And okay. she tells him, she tells him that that he's dumb for making friends with Cole too. Well, friends with a fetty. Yeah, you better not go fight him. <laughs> That's what I do with all my friends. Hey, hey, Scott, you want to go out back and just like beat each other up later? Only if we have Gundams and are actually trying to kill each other. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess I'll have to settle for Luke kicking my ass. <laughs> <laughs> I've got my mid-battle platitudes ready. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna talk each other down. Um, all right. So look how Lane handles the Gundam. Wait, hang on. That's not a mid-battle platitude. <laughs> So uh, we see more of uh, Seema and she's like chastising the, the Anaheim guy um, saying that she doesn't like Von Braun giving the Albion support. And she says, well, you know, if you give me a, a, a new mobile suit, maybe that will make me make this okay. And they purposely though mention again, she's like, maybe then we won't have to drop another colony on the moon. Yeah. Yeah. If yeah. you haven't picked up the suggestion going on here, I don't know how to help Step you. Step one, be Zeon. Step two, drop a colony somewhere. Yep. It's what they do. It's like the underpants gnomes. It's like step one, hijack colony. Step two, drop colony. And then like you have dot, dot, dot. And then victory. <laughs> and then space node independence. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So Sullivan offers a suit that's just about to be rolled out. This is our unit four that we saw alluded to in Evolve. But uh, when we talk about the manga, I think it does this a lot better, more convincingly. But anyway, yeah, um, that's what they are referring to. Uh, Nina now is not allowed to go back to the Albion for sudden reasons that from this character that hadn't shown up before at all. Yeah, the interpretation I got was her family was like, oh, fuck, no, she's not getting back on that ship. And they had control over her boss's job or something like that. That's, I, really, that's really about all I got out of that. So I read it a little bit differently, especially because it was it was, it was was placed right after this scene with Seema and the Anaheim executive 
saying that she didn't want them to give uh, support to Albion. So uh, Nina is an Anaheim engineer and giving support to the Albion. So the way I read it was that that order came like trickled down the chain and they were just using it as an excuse to basically say like, all right, yeah, pull, we're pulling Nina from the Albion because like her family is important, blah, blah, blah. blah. But the ultimate reason was uh, Seema had made that demand to Anaheim. But I mean, that's all speculation. It could it could be any of the above, right? Like, that's just my personal reading into it. Um, Anaheim would never play both sides. Yeah, never. Um, yeah, so we get to see Kelly next um, getting paid a bunch of gold bars to give the mobile armor to this fat guy. Why is it always gold bars? I don't know. It's Char gives Sayla a bunch of gold bars. Like, I hope they're on some kind of gold currency, or is it just like could be chocolate? Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. What yeah, they, they, that's they, how they, I pay for things. How do you pay for things? Like I go to McDonald's and I'm like, hey, let me take a knife and like scrape off a shaving of gold for for McNuggets. <laughs> that's, that'll pay, right? How much? How big of a shaving is twenty <laughs> McNuggets? <laughs> I don't know. That's like ten pounds of pressure to the gold bar, like corner of it just like do you have to like bring a torque wrench or <laughs> all right uh back to the episode back to the um, episode. um so yeah they, they're gonna just basically they're paying him for the mobile armor um they're like no what? you're not gonna pilot it you have one arm now <laughs> interesting note here uh in the manga i know we're not talking about it yet but in the manga kelly just kills that guy right here yeah that's that's one of the big differences here is mm-hmm. like in in the anime kelly's like okay oh, no I'm going to go drink bourbon. Yeah, he's like, well, one, fuck you. Two, thanks for the gold. Three, I'm not giving my fucking mobile suit. I had a montage for this thing. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I had a romantic montage. That was like three minutes of my life that you're not taking away. And the blowjob from Co. Yeah. That part. (laughs) Um, So now right after this, though, we do have a quick shot of so we have Nina who is uh, Facebook stalking co and crying about it at the same time. Um, it's not Facebook, but whatever. And then you have uh, Kelly. Uh, he is, he's watching a video from Gato and he's real sad and he's drinking bourbon. And I actually went and looked and he is drinking a real bourbon for the era. Um, but proper thematics here, because he lives in the lower like junk level. It's a bottom shelf bourbon from the seventies, like it was made uh, through the late eighties. Um, so this is bourbon deluxe. It was produced by Jim beam in Claremont, Kentucky. Um, and then I've actually found someone's blog where they, uh, this is from uh, 2015 and they found a bottle. Uh, it was a four year old at the time bottled in 1989. So it would have been distilled in 85 uh and uh it's terrible i imagine i think the description was something like it's like a watered down version of something that's okay (laughs) (laughs) yeah it says when i first opened the bottle i wish they hadn't watered this down so much now i wonder if maybe they did us all a favor by reducing it so uh and then in the tasting notes paint is mentioned several times so i would not like maybe if you find an empty bottle 
for free and you want to be like, oh, it's a Gundam thing. All right. But I would not, based on that, ever want to track that down and drink any. It sounds yeah, not not wise. So so apparently Gato and Kelly had known each other um, and they don't expound upon it very much in the anime. Um, but Gato had directly asked Kelly to pilot the armor. Um, so this is part of the reason he's so pissed off. Um, and we also see a quick scene where Fed the Federation knows about this the existence of an Operation Stardust, uh, but they don't know what the objective of Operation Stardust is. They just know that it's like something that the Xeon remnants are, of the Delaz fleet are planning. Um, so Nina and Co are we're back to uh, our slice of life. Uh, Nina and Co flirting. And Ko has decided he is going to ask Nina out on a date, uh, but he acts like he's never spoken to a girl before. And um, he beats around the bush to the point that like he basically asks her for like specs on a on the mobile suit. And she's like, ah, fuck you, man. And <laughs> she, she, she runs away. clearly sees that he's about to ask her out on a date because he's like got the tickets hanging out yeah. of his pocket and he's being all weird. Yeah. It's super ragey. You can see the switch flip. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, yeah hear it. Exact moment. It's actually pretty funny. Yeah. I mean, it, it's. I hate that scenes are. They're terrible. Um, <laughs> no, I, like, they're really painful to watch. Um, the, the, the. Nina is not quite the worst character in the world yet, but she like. She she tries to make herself that way yeah. when she's in that mood. I, almost no one that is not just a like high school girl with the wrong idea of of themselves because they're totally spoiled. And and basically that is Nina's character, right? Except you know she's a grown woman here. Uh, like, no one would really act like that. Like I think any reasonable person that actually liked the person that thought was about to ask them out would help make them more comfortable and coax them into it. But Nina is terrible bitch. And so she just lets him flounder and then yeah. gets mad when that's what happens. Yeah. Yep. Like, uh, you are just, she's just the worst here. And then she like calls her dad on a video phone while wearing almost nothing. It says like, she's going to come home. And then when he's like happy about it, she hangs up on him. Because she's just crazy and the worst. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I I just haven't like I don't even mention that she was in my notes. I, I just say Nina is whining while the mobile armor starts to launch. Yeah. So <laughs> Kelly is saving us all from Nina by stealing his own mobile armor, <laughs> and. Seema finds out and she's like, she's pissed off. Seema's like, dude, you didn't get the title for that thing. <laughs> I, I gave you gold bars. What are you doing? And, <laughs> and Kelly's wife is like, ah, oh, don't leave me. You know, like 10 minutes after this, she's like, oh, I got the gold. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway. So, right. Uh, Seema does send out that one dude and the Zaku to stop him. And then Kelly does kill him here by just like sort of fucking bisecting it. Yeah, he yeah. Seema's like, uh, go stop the mobile armor to the the fat guy that gave her the gold, and he's like, I can't do this by myself. And she's like, Yeah, I don't give a shit. Go stop it. And he doesn't. 
Yeah, so this is your MA06 Valwallo, uh, and the dub is Valvaro. Like they cannot decide how to pronounce it. I hear Valvero, Valvaro, all kinds of things. But anyway, um, so yeah, now they're fighting. Co and Keller are fighting. Yeah, Co didn't see that coming Co at all. Co, I think at one point he's like, "What if it's Kelly?" Yeah. Like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> Newsflash, you had a montage with the dude. Yeah, but now we have um, like the only mention of this in the anime. Like they, you know, they're like putting Von Braun on lockdown. Nina is like hurries and like leaves the port in like this buggy thing. It's so she can like drive up and ask Kelly to stop. It like then you find out they knew each other at some point. Like oh okay, really what this is is a convenient excuse to get her out there because she like she doesn't get directly caught in the crossfire, but he accidentally shoots like her little buggy thing. And then co sees her like fly off of it. And then he's like, and he's like, no, I'm angry. And yeah. One thing that's important to note here is Kelly thinks that he is going to prove his worth to the Delaz fleet by taking on the Gundam with, oh, yeah. Yeah. with this. So like, he's not looking to like take out the Albion or do anything in specific. He's just like, he's basically like, I only want to fight the Gundam, bring it out and I'll blow it up. And then like the Gundam's pilot, it's cool. He shouldn't uh. get him his wings. <laughs> like if, it, what if he shows back up the ship without the wings, they'd be like, look, we're going to let you pilot it, but you go, you lost your wings. I should have given him a Red Bull instead. Man, well, anyway, um, we'll never guess what happens. So, Co yeah. stabs the mobile armor. Well, yeah, I mean, there's a it's a it's a pretty good fight between the two of them. Like, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a good back and forth. Like the Gundam shield gets blown away. Um, yeah, it's a good that I actually did have a note on that part. It does show the firepower of the Valwallo pretty well because yeah. it, it doesn't take it much to just like melt the shield. And one thing that I thought was weird is like, so Ko obviously worked on this mobile armor, should have known its capabilities. Um, but he still gets like stuck in this like electric, like immobilization field. Like I feel like he's dumb. This whole, this whole interaction with kelly back and forth in the mobile armor it's just like ko is an idiot well that's it's funny that you say that because then when he uh like when the fight ends and he stabs it he purposely avoids the cockpit right right so he uses that knowledge at some point right now keep in yeah. mind this thing this thing was already a lot put together when he saw it so i just have to tell myself he didn't work on that part or something i don't know there was a different the other guy plugged it in. I yeah. don't know. Like it just it's for dramatic effect. Uh, yeah. anyway. But then Kelly's like he didn't install a ejector seat. <laughs> yeah. Kelly's well, ejector Keith, seat. Keith saved uh, Co. Keith blew, right. Yeah, so Keith saves Co. So he's out there as well. Um Yeah, but yeah, so so Co stabs the the mobile armor. It blows up because there's no ejection mechanism in there. Goose's 
parachute mechanism malfunctions. <clears throat> Top yeah. gun. Anyway. So Nina survives the battle, even though it looks like she might be dead at first. But the co, co goes and saves her, and then he says, "Nina, I want to be with you now." Or no, no. Nina says, "Co, I want to be with you. I love you." Um, I think Co says it. I don't know. They both, you know, oh, what? He, tells, he tells her that he wants her to be with him. I want. Yeah. yeah. He, uh, he chooses now for his love confession, and it's yeah. It's, in one way, it's strange. After killing a dude you like bonded with, that you just like fall so deeply in love with someone. Yeah. But now, granted, he did survive the battle without ruining the Gundam, and they're on the moon, and he's in a Gundam. And I guess if you are trying to seduce the awful Nina Purpleton, this is probably the way to do it. It, it, it's actually it was surprising to me how did he manage to not damage the Gundam because it's the the there was a scene where the mobile armor grabbed him with one of those pincer things like we were talking about in, in the Evolve episode mm -hmm. it, like pinched him around was like sl like sw swinging him around so like you would think it it was somewhat damaged but no everything's fine well there's a a specialized coating on the Gundam in this episode um, a type of armor is called plot yeah yeah so Albion leaves the moon episode over yep and this is to me the end of this show being good you think but, so yes but that's for I mean look the rest of it is not there is much worse like in Gundam. It's not a train wreck. And the production value is still very high. Um, but I think these first seven episodes clearly are building to a certain... I, I don't know if, like... I'm not going to say that the overall destination and what the show did was changed. I don't think that's the case whatsoever. Uh, but I feel like we've had certain characters featured and built up that the show is going to begin to leave behind literally and figuratively as we proceed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I can, I, I can see both sides of it. Um, anyway, see and discuss. So let's talk about the manga um, a little bit. So the manga picks up in volume seven with unit one, um, going back up into space before they go down to Von Braun. So like it goes down to the moon and it gets re-equipped with more armor and weapons. And then it comes back up to space and they fight SEMA again. Um, which was weird. It just seemed like a, a weird like plot shift for me for them to even go back down to the moon at that point. Um, but we do meet, um, and I, I didn't write her name down. So there was another scientist or engineer that had been working on the GP, uh, GPO zero, GP zero, 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 I guess. Karuna, or excuse me, Karina Haxel. Yeah. So um, she had been working on that, we find out. And um, Nina had basically po pointed out a lot of issues that were going on with, with her unit. So Nina was basically given control over units one and two. And we also find out 
at this point that they had up to unit four planned for development. Um, and you said Haxel was your name? So Haxel, we find out, is the engineer for unit four. Um, yeah, so the difference here is you have the, uh, Nina and co are actually going to go on a date and meet up. Um, but then Nina on the yeah, way, what? Nina asked him out in the, in the manga. Right. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, sorry, key detail. I forgot there. Um, but regardless on the way Nina sees, the, uh, on the broadcast with the laws, Gato and is like, Whoa, it's that one guy. And basically just sort of flakes on Co because she sees Gato. So she's still terrible here, just in different ways. Yeah. She, and well, she shows up late and he's gone by this point. Um, right. Yeah. Because Mancha and the others go by. Yeah. And get him involved in a fight where he gets his ass beat. Well, yeah. And that's how you get him to get into the, the bar. Right to then get angry and then leave and have his ass kicked and get to the junkyard. Yeah. His, his anger in the bar didn't make as much sense other than the fact they were just like mocking him, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you do get some actual flashback exposition here where you see Nina thinking about her time. Um, basically she met Gato by going to Kelly's junkyard when she was at Anaheim, yeah. you know, looking for parts that she couldn't find elsewhere. And that's when she meets him. It's when she past. meets both of them, basically. Well, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we get back and we see Clara Lodge again. So she, she went from being a bit character to a character in the side story at the end of the manga to back in the manga again. Um, so she, she was the one that was the sister of the guy in the underground Zeon Corps um, that fought on Earth. And so now she's back on the moon trying to meet up with the Delaz fleet. Um, and um, she runs into some people and Kelly saves her as well. Um, yeah, because she's just trying to go and she's a fangirl for SEMA. So she's trying to. You know, hey, this is a way for me to go and work for her. Yeah. Um, and then we also find out at this point, so this is, things are kind of coming to a head between Nina and um, Haxel about, Haxel's basically like, ah, oh, my, my unit four is better than your unit one is now. So we'll prove this by having them fight. Um, and then at this point, Ko is like off doing his montage with Kelly. Um and he, Kelly kills the fat guy. We've already mentioned that. Um, and so these, so like Ko gets back at the last second, right before the unit one's supposed to launch to fight um, uh, unit four. The unit four is being tested by some like random test pilot. And we see that the, the who was going to, was Tanya that was going to pilot unit one, wasn't it? Miller's engineer that was with her, the the, the younger girl. I, I believe so. Yeah, I think I think that's who it was. So she was gonna pilot, but Co shows up, he's like, oh, I'll do it. Um and 
I mean, the you kind of see like Scotty had mentioned before, like the the differences between the two units, uh, and it's it funny because like you had mentioned like that the unit zero was decommissioned because it couldn't handle like the G forces or something along those lines. It, it was unsafe for the pilot. The pilot, and it turns out that that was like also an issue for unit one. So like unit one wasn't as impressed. Like Co was able to pilot the unit one effectively despite this, and like unit four, like. I guess it like dampened the effect on the pilot. So the pilot didn't have to be as good, but it also like Nina was basically saying that that limits the pilot, like, you know, or if somehow. Um, so yeah, th this is when uh, they fight. We actually see, so Clara is, does meet up with Sina, Sima. Yeah. And she is tasked to steal the unit four. Um, and I, it, I don't know if it showed her actually getting it. Did it show her getting it in this volume? Because I think it hinted at it, but I don't think it actually showed her jumping in it or anything along those lines. Um. Uh, so the, well, remember the Volvalo launches. Yes. And it's, you know, it ends up being that he flies into where Unit One and Four are having their mock battle. And so unit four gets damaged in this battle. Right. Um, and then as it is damaged uh, is when Clara goes and kills the test pilot and takes it. Okay. All right. So yeah, she does get it. It's like, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but in the, in the manga, Kelly gets away. Yeah. Kelly gets away because uh, Unit Two shows up with Gato. Gato has like a full arsenal of weapons on his back that he's just like unloading to to help get uh, Kelly out of there. Yeah. It works. Yep. So Gato actually shows up here. Kelly doesn't die right here. And as we go along in the manga, he's got um, a bigger role to play. And this is uh, they. they to start to diverge at this point, I still clearly going to the same destination, but very different path to get there at this point. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, that was, the, that was those two episodes. Uh, we managed to cover those two episodes in about the same amount of time. We covered uh, one episode last time. <laughs> Pretty good timing. I, these Technically two... four episodes. It's just three of them were very short. <laughs> these these two episodes were way more coherently done i think than episode five episode five was a jumble um yeah five was a mess it was like a weird transition period for the series yeah but i like this and i actually really like where the manga is heading as well uh the like really good i yeah i this, really like it this is really nice to read i especially after some of those side stories that were, you know, I was kind of commenting when we were talking to the side, you know, like I, I don't dislike any of the, the stuff we read. There's stuff I like more than others, but the one year war mangas are 20, 20 different views of, of the same story. Right. Like, yeah, just seeing it from a different context. This is like a brand new story. As far as 0083 goes, 
and like it's narratively telling a the, the same story but just in a different way and a more modern way and mm -hmm. a better way i think when i think it's in a way that gives this a more relevant context and the universal century storyline yeah you know it, it's it feels like it belongs as part of it instead of being a cash in ova to bridge the gap between Mobile Suit Gundam and Zeta, since Zeta drops you in yeah. eight years later with your traditional Tamino, no goddamn explanation of what is happening. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like it. I like it, and I am excited to continue reading it. I think. I think trans. It's translated up to eleven right now, right? Yeah, yeah. It's only out up to volume, I think, thirteen or fourteen, and then there's another one coming out in a few weeks. Um, yeah, I think it's out in Japan up to volume fourteen, and fifteen comes out very soon. Um, I don't know if fifteen's the last one or not. I couldn't tell. I'm sure um, they've got to be wrapping it up soon. Based off of what we've talked about, like lengthwise. Yeah, I would imagine, but um, yeah, we're going. We are going to run out of manga content, unfortunately, before we get to the end of the series. Yeah. All right, you guys got anything else? We can always catch back up with it later, though. Oh yeah, we're yeah we're, we'll probably have to pull a, oh, yeah. a thunderbolt on it. Hey, next thunderbolt volume is out next well it'll be out by the time people hear this I've, so i actually saw yeah i saw a screenshot where somebody had a, a picture of one of the pages and it's the author kind of yeah. explaining that he had like you know carpal tunnel syndrome essentially for yeah and he's left-handed because he's it's like tendonitis or something like that yeah no i have uh i have it on pre-order at my comic shop so i will have that next wednesday so. i will have it from Amazon. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, probably a day before from Amazon. It's the 18th, whatever that is. Yeah, that's this Tuesday. Cool. All right, guys. Well, thanks for following along with us. Uh, check in next time, and we will uh, do a few more episodes and some more manga content. And uh, we'll see you then. So check us out on at Twitter at New Type Flash Pod or uh, our thread on Reddit under the uh, Mobile Suit Gundam subreddit. Uh, until then, we will see you then. And Nina will still be terrible. Forever and eternity. Except for in the manga where she's only terrible minus one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys.